Yo ho 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 ho! Everybody! Welcome to another episode of The Entrepreneur Now Podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong. Oh, yeah. And I am here today to bring you another fantastic episode to get you pumped up, running around, doing the jive, doing some silly, silly, silly things with your day so that you can create the life that you love, be playful, enjoy the moment because not everything revolves around a cubicle. And guys, I have a fantastic guest, Taylor Tesler on, who I actually met through another guest on this show, Jacob Sesney, one of the very first episodes I did, I went to a show shortly after they were playing up here in Kettering, Ohio, him and Casey Abrams and Jacob and, and Taylor was just shredding on the guitar and I got to know him and he's one of the coolest dudes I've had on the show for sure. He's got some balling ass long curly blonde locks and he is all about simplifying. He's all about music. He doesn't do anything extreme he, he knows what he loves, and that's being with his family, being outside, living simply, and shredding the guitar. We get into all sorts of stuff, including how he's doing it out there in Colorado and, and the story of how he kind of got on tour with, with Jacob and Casey and that little trio, and it's, it's pretty interesting, and it all has to do with just reaching out and talking to people and asking them and telling them what you're good at, and you'd be surprised what people are going to say when they find out. So... I'm going to dive right in, but first I want to play a little tunage, a little bit of funk that Taylor has been recording. You can get this on his SoundCloud, but check it out. right there. Uh, I am pumped and honored to get into this interview right now. It is artsynow.com forward slash 54 for all the show notes. And with it, without further ado, here we go. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Come on. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that stickity, stickity, rickety, dickity beat. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I get on with your bad selves. Yeah. Do your creative little ears 
ears hang low, do they wobble to the front? If they do, you better untie that silly little knot, little boys and girls, and get ready to fist pump. He's rocking, he's rolling, and he's in beast mode. He's slaying the guitar and making heads explode. Tuning in all the way from Bellevue, Colorado. A skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skidamarinkity-doo. Taylor Tesler, you are the entrepreneur now. What is up, man? <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> uh, that was that was pretty great. Uh, I like that that intro. I'm sure everybody says that. But <laughs> well, I get a musician on, and I have to show up all my talents, man. Oh yeah, it sounds like a sounds like the introduction to a boxing match or wrestling match. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get signed to introduce bands on tour, man, so I can get those free concert tickets. Ah, that's a good idea. Well, you're hired for our band, man. <laughs> <laughs> so how is it out there, man? How's how's Colorado, one of the, my favorite places on earth, and especially because you're out of the city a little bit and you're out there in your own area. How's, yeah. how's life been treating you? Oh, man, I don't think it could get any better. Uh, this, I've lived uh, in Phoenix, Los Angeles, upstate New York, and finally found Colorado. It's something else, man, I got to tell you. You People feel like are- you just belong? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how you couldn't feel that out here. It's a very uh, warm, uh, friendly place, uh, very artsy, you know, which you would be into. I know, Um, man. I haven't quite found my place of comfort. I'm in Kentucky, and I really, really do not. It's like the complete opposite. Like, I do not fit in over here. (laughs) Yeah, I I hear you, man. You got to move to Colorado. Shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Part my language. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's free rolling on these, man. All right. Well, shit. <laughs> I I plan on it fully being out west, 100%. It's in my near future. It's in my vision. I cannot cool. wait to do it. Uh, get a little rowdy, you know? Yeah, yeah Lindsay, man. Lindsay goes out there and climbs these 14ers all the time out there. She's trying to do all of them in the States. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got cool. a new baby on board, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, he's uh, 13 weeks old. Uh, uh, tiny. S- uh, yeah, he's actually in the 99th percentile for his uh, s- length. He's very long. Oh, really? Baby. Yeah, he's out of 100 babies, he would be the longest, I guess, or the tallest for his oh, age. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, his weight is perfect, though. Very healthy, very happy, and uh, yeah, he's doing great. I you can't really, uh, until you have kids, you can't really describe what it's like. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I hear it changes everything, but I thought you were going to say the 99th percentile of long, curly, blonde locks that he came out with. <laughs> he doesn't have much hair yet. He, uh, it starts, it's, it's thickening out, but it does look blonde. Uh, it's got to be calm before the storm, man, if he's going to turn out like you. I know. I didn't, uh, I didn't have, I didn't embrace my long, curly locks until I was, uh, in college. <laughs> But, no, I, I really didn't either. I'm trying to grow mine out now. Oh yeah, so, they're not curly though. I'm yeah, yeah, you're pretty straight. I could put a curling iron on them and it would still just be straight. <laughs> Sleep <sure>. with curlers. <laughs> yeah, but you got to dig the long hair, man. And like, it's funny because we I I crossed paths with Taylor because we had Jacob on, which I think was episode twelve. Jacob Sesney, mm-hmm. and right after that interview, he was like, "Hey, we're playing in." where was that Kettering, Ohio or Kettering, Ohio. Yep. Yep. And he's like, do you want to come? So Uh I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was like my birthday weekend or something. I don't know. But Lindsay and I, if it was in June, we went up there 
And Taylor is playing with the trio with, you know, him and Casey Abrams and Jacob and they were opening for Paul Rogers, which was a treat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's great. I mean, he's a legend. So right. standing back there was pretty awesome. It was, it was pretty funny to see, you know, we had those two girls sitting next to us in the crowd where the tickets that you guys gave us and the whole time they're just like, Oh, I, like, I bet you a hundred dollars. These girls are going to end up backstage. <laughs> Did they? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not, and, not by uh, my invite. Not no, not you. That's what I was getting at. It, it was funny <laughs> watching how Jacob and Casey, you know, and all their attention was basically focused on those girls and you just completely ignored them the entire night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's how that's how I do. It's not that hard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was just funny. It was very noticeable. And, and I remember specifically they were talking about you during the show, though, like you in particular. And oh, yeah. uh, I can't remember what it was about. Dude. It was something ridiculous that girls <laughs> about like your arms or so, I don't who knows <laughs> his arms look funny one yeah, is like look other. how much bigger those arms are now or something <laughs> but yeah I mean that was a lot of fun and we we headed back to uh, Lexington the next day and definitely kept in touch and I'm glad to have you on the show man it's it's gonna be awesome I love having musicians on and you obviously have some extreme talent oh so, thanks yeah, man get yeah yeah thanks for having me man it's uh sorry it took so long but I'm glad we uh worked it out Dude, it hasn't really been that long if you think about it. It's time is flying. I, I know. I'm on episode like you're like episode 53 now or something crazy. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think wow. Jacob was like 12. So wow. Wow. I've done quite a few between now and then, and and so Great. yeah. But you want to start by just telling us a little bit about you in particular, how you you know you got to how you got to Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. how you became a musician, if it was something that you picked up as a child and why you decided that this is going to be kind of the center of your life, you know, why you love it so much. Um, yeah, man. Well, I, uh, first off, I don't really think I had the choice <laughs> kind of a lot of musicians and artists in general, you know, they'll tell you they're just kind of, they have something in them that they, you know, that I have music in my head all day long. It's like a curse almost, you know, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, uh, yeah, I've been interested ever since I, as long as I can remember, you know, and, uh, been playing guitar ever since I was about 10, maybe, you know, middle school. Um, uh, a lot of my friends were into Metallica and like heavy metal stuff. And, uh, I like picked up the guitar and learned all, all their songs. And, uh, before that my mom put me in violin in fourth grade and, uh, I took a, a liking to that, you know. Kinda. You still play it? Uh, well, I, I, I took a quite a bit of a break, but I, I recently inherited my my wife's great grandmother's fiddle uh, from like the eighteen hundreds, oh, which damn. is is beautiful. But it needs like four hundred dollars to be put into it. Um, but I, I will get it fixed soon, and then I will become a violin player again. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I love the I will. Not I might or it could happen, but I will. And oh yeah, no, we were we were just talking about it like last night or the night before. It. We have to get that fixed. <laughs> but um, yeah, fiddles, I mean, fiddles are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. This thing's got a ton of character. You can tell it was a. Uh, she was a very big uh, bluegrass uh, player in uh, northern Arizona in like the early 1900s. So she played the crap out of the thing. Oh wow! And, yeah, and played in like every dance hall out there and uh yeah so can't wait to get that up and running <laughs> a lot of my extended families from northern arizona so maybe back yeah. in the day they were all jamming together yeah yeah probably it's a small world man small world well back then it was even smaller you know so 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, where, where was I? <laughs> You're just talking about your upbringing with, with the fiddle and, and kind of how you got to the guitar and, and slaying it. I mean, it's, it's awesome what you're doing for sure. Uh, when I was out there watching you play the first time, I mean, you guys, you three together, just, I don't know. There's something about it that just clicks, you know? And there's yeah. a lot of, you guys have a lot of fun and yeah. you improv a lot and you run around and I don't know. You never know what you're going to do next. I, I get that. <clears> damn, <throat> his mango tree song has been stuck in my head since that day. <laughs> there were like yeah. these cougars, you know, just sitting all around everywhere that were just like, ah! <laughs> yeah yeah that happens he's got lots of lots of cougars do we play the do we do we play the song uh cougar town at that yeah, show yeah 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 you do. yeah so they were going crazy during that <laughs> i think yes. you might have like encored with it to be honest uh, maybe maybe and they were throwing their cougar panties on stage and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you, just got off, you just got off tour uh, on another short tour with them right too you did a couple shows up in yeah. the midwest i guess yeah, yeah, Michigan and uh, Illinois. Um, just two shows. That was uh, the weekend before last, I think. And uh, yeah, those were those are great. One of those was actually probably our best show to date. Uh, oh, really? I'm gonna go ahead and say that it was pretty pretty magical. There's a, a lot of moments right from the second we stepped on stage. And, uh, very 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 cool. Wish you could have been there. And then oh, uh, yeah, the other one. Um, was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in this old ballroom, which actually Buddy Holly played there nine days before he died, I guess, mm. um, which is pretty cool. Do you know who Buddy Holly is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just made sure. Absolutely. But yeah, he they had an old school elevator and the same exact stage. They didn't replace it or anything. So he actually stepped on that stage. And, you know, he, he influenced the Beatles big time, you know, this that's pretty crazy. <laughs> My, well, I took a history of rock and roll class in college, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I was just waking up and hitting like the bong constantly, and then just going to this class. <laughs> and the the rock and roll teacher, like he he was this crazy, crazy black guy with dreads, and he would just go insane. I mm-hmm. mean, like to the point where he eventually got fired. I don't know, but he used to play like he used to just play Buddy Holly. Like when you'd walk in the room, he's always just blasting Buddy Holly. Cool. Yeah, I'll never forget it. I mean, like stuff from back in, you know, the early fifties and mm-hmm. uh, the crickets and, and yeah. just all sorts of crazy stuff that he was involved in and, and a huge influence. And I was always very much attached to like, I, I love his music and I still do. Yeah. So that's pretty cool to say that you were on that stage. I know. Yeah. That's definitely a, uh, a highlight of my musical career, I guess. I didn't, uh, didn't get to meet him, but you know, it's the next best thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So, well, you're, you're, you're well on the way. So what, what else have you been doing? I know you go on those tours, you know, Casey calls and sometimes yeah. you guys throw those things together, but, mm-hmm. um, are you playing any music around the area there in Colorado? Are you um, writing anything yourself? I was wondering, like, I know you've been involved with all this different stuff. Have you ever thought about, or are you working on something, you know, for yourself? Um, you know, I, I'm constantly messing around. I constantly have ideas, um, as far as writing actual songs, uh, lyrically, I've never been blessed. I have, I'm, I wasn't blessed with that gift of lyric, uh, lyricality. Is that a word? I don't know. But, it doesn't uh, necessarily have to come with, you know, music. Some of the best music doesn't have any lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. I like instrumental, opinion. instrumental stuff. I like a lot. I've, I've written a bunch of tunes, but you know, I'm a very, 
very self-conscious. Uh, I, I always feel like, you know, it's never good enough. So I've never really released it too much. Uh, you know, everybody that hears it thinks it's pretty cool, I guess, you know, so they say, but, um, yeah, I'm constantly doing stuff like that. Uh, my brother who lives in upstate New York, my older brother, uh, he was an influence for why I picked up the guitar. Uh, he's six years older than me and, uh, he always had electric guitars lying around. I would always pick those up when I was in grade school. Um, but he lives in upstate New York and we kind of back and forth record stuff. He's a very, very awesome, talented, uh, songwriter, singer, songwriter. Well, that's and, pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the technology these days, you know, I've got my, my Mac and then I can, he sends me demos and then I pretty much record all the music, the bass, a uh, little bit of drums, guitars, flutes, percussion, anything. And then, uh, he records vocals and we kind of make songs like that. We're kind of working on a little EP. Um, nice. Good to hear, man. I can't wait to, to demo some of that. If you get a, if you get a little bit out, I won't leak it. I promise you send it over my way. I'll give you my honest opinion. Cool. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. I appreciate that. And uh, honesty is always a good thing. Constructive criticism is, is great, you know? <laughs> well, you, you have such a wide variety of, like, talent, the, the types of songs that you do play. I mean, you sent me some stuff before, and, and, like, you can go, you know, your scale is from, like, 1 to 100 as far as the types of uh, music that you have the ability to play, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm always uh, trying to broaden that horizon, um, you know. I think it's a very valuable thing to learn as much as possible. <laughs> What are some yeah. of your, who are some of your biggest creative influences as far as music goes? And then after that, like, who, who are you listening to right now in particular? Because I know that it's probably not the same. I mean, I flip flop around with all the stuff I listen to all the time, but I still have those like prime influencers that I had growing up that'll never, you know, leave my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say the Beatles were my, were and are my biggest influence in life. <laughs> Uh, I, I can remember listening to them. My dad would always play stuff like them and the Beach Boys, you know, from you know, when I was in kindergarten. Yeah. Um, you know, I just really loved their melodies and stuff. I never listened too much to the words. I would listen to the choruses and stuff, but I would listen to the melody and the music in the background and all the, the harmonies that it would create. And that's kind of why I, I was never good with words because I never really paid attention to them, you know? Oh. But uh, I think that like the 66 to 70 stuff that they did just, oh man, even without the, even without the words, like all the music and composition in the background, like it blows my mind. I've got so many, so many Beatles records downstairs and I'll play them and just Mm -hmm. uh, some of them, they actually have, you know, where they don't have the vocals on the tracks and it's, it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rubber soul is my favorite. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. But that was um, like, that, that was like, what, like, is that 66? 66, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as influences go, uh, they're very broad. I mean, like I told you, I picked up a guitar very seriously because of Metallica. You know, I had that phase all the way throughout high school. I think I played like Metallica, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Megadeth, you know, that. Pantera? A uh, little bit of Pantera, yeah. <laughs> Mastodon? Cemetery Gates. Uh, Mastodon never got into. I don't think I could recognize any of their songs, unfortunately. I've heard of them, uh, definitely. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just uh, the more people that I meet, the more influenced I am. You know, I'd say my biggest influences are people around me that I actually play with, uh, guys I grew up with, 
that were musicians as well, you know, introduced me to like jam band, like Almond Brothers and the blues and uh, jazz even. Um, which uh, uh, I'm getting into it now. I uh, never really understood it mu- from a musical standpoint. That is like a whole different spectrum. You know, I can play the whole, I can, you know, I've been in reggae bands, funk bands, blues bands, country bands, R&B, uh, you know, the list goes on. All those kind of fall into the same thing. But jazz is in like a world of its own. It's really different. But I, I'm getting into it now and I would love to learn it. Um, obviously, you you saw the show with Casey. And, uh, he and Jacob are, they're, they're jazz guys, you know, <laughs> and I'm the, yeah. uh, I'm the rock and roll guy that, shouldn't fit in but somehow i do yeah, i guess it's like a perfect <laughs> mesh though because like you get that you get that that rock and roll guitar and then you have those two going at it and i don't know man i think it's all like I, the sound is amazing it's so unique you know there's nothing really like it oh thanks man that's what we uh, shoot for you know the best compliment that we like to, to hear is that we sound like you know twice or three times as many people you know it doesn't sound like a trio which is what we try to do oh, no it's, it know. sounds like a lot yeah, yeah, no, that's what we go for, and we love hearing that, you know, as opposed to, you know, we always, at first, we just kind of experimented, the trio just kind of happened, we had to do it for a gig, and we're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool, and we tried again, and we're just growing every show, and it's uh, really exciting to play with them, I, I love so it how, so much. How did you meet those two? Um, well, I met Casey uh, right after his album came out uh, about two years ago, um, a friend of mine in L.A., audition for his band um he just got off the idol tour and uh he was auditioning a band for him to tour with his new album and uh my buddy got the gig as his guitar player and uh slash keyboardist and they were driving from la up to chicago for their first set of shows and they were heading through colorado and i told him they could stay at my place and uh he kind of introduced me to casey there and uh we just hit it off immediately. You know, we started jamming in my living room. I got a piano and all sorts of percussion, like, you know, 30 guitars or whatever I got. <laughs> and and uh, we just hit it off immediately. You know, I started, uh, he didn't even show me the songs. He just started playing the Mango Tree song, actually. And uh, I just, you know, immediately picked it up. That's kind of one of my my things is my ear, my musical ear. I can hear something and know, know uh where it's going, you know, and whatnot. You have a true musical talent. See, that's something I absolutely cannot do. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it can be learned, but I, I definitely think I was born with something I can, I can always, uh, yeah, you there know. are people like that. I mean, obviously Jacob and Casey seem to be the same way as well. Yeah. Which if, yeah. if you have that, you can take it to a whole nother level. And yeah. I think it's, it's, it's amazing. It is kind of like a, a born with talent to, to be able to, interact with people that are like that because that's what makes something so great. And I mean, I can just imagine like being there, him coming in for the first time, you know, your 30 guitars sitting around and just jamming and, and now you don't even really have to tell the rest of that story. It's kind of took off from there, huh? Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, my, my friend, uh, who introduced us is now doing his own thing, but excuse me, I've been with Casey for the last two, two years though. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, they left the next day to go to Chicago and, and I got Casey's number. I'm like, cool. I hope to definitely hope to jam with him again. And then he uh, hit me up. He's like, 
hey, do uh, you want to open play guitar and open for America in a couple weeks? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, and that was in, in Kettering, actually. That was our first show, that same venue. Oh, you had, you had been there before, huh? Yeah, yeah, Jacob hadn't, but Casey and I, yeah, we had a full band. And uh, yeah, we opened for America and got to play with them. We kind of came on stage with them for their encore. We got to play A, a Horse With No Name with them on stage. So that's, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was my first show with Casey. <laughs> That's like 5,000, 4,000 people or something. So did your head just explode? I bet it was so much fun. Like that's such a surreal moment. It's, it's, it's funny how things happen if you just reach out, you know, and you you re- you got a hold of your friend and said, hey, man, sure, you guys can stay at my place being nice. And, and it escalated yeah. from there. It, it, it's crazy how you can connect the dots. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's another thing, too, is that I think being open to, you know, pretty much any opportunity and being a yes man you know, quote unquote, is very important in uh, really any business, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. So, you know, if you say yes to an opportunity and it doesn't work out, at least you tried it, you know, but yeah, there's been many, many musical things, you know, why I am where I am today is because I took opportunities that didn't, weren't ideal and it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but, you know, I, I just went there and uh, it took me somewhere else, which took me somewhere else, which took me, you know, to a million, million other paths. And you just got to kind of roll with it. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of life that a lot of people don't see. They shelter themselves inside and they aren't they aren't open to doing something uncomfortable. You right. Know, they, they watch their TV and they eat the same thing every day and they think that there's nothing out there and nobody wants to talk to them and nobody wants to know what they're good at. And so yeah. they never find any of that stuff. But if you get out there and you just make some connections and start saying yes to some things, even if you're not comfortable with it, oh my God, it can light it up. Uh, yeah. It insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier where I am today. You know, <laughs> it's a good life for sure. Yeah. So you got a beautiful family. You're doing some amazing music stuff. Uh, you're, yeah. You're producing an EP with your bro up in. Is he, you say he's in New York? Upstate New York, yeah. Yeah, cool. So like when you guys send music back and forth to each other, you're recording stuff at your house. Mm-hmm. What what are you what exactly are you using to to record this and what kind of software are you using and you know, are you just dropping it in a Google Drive file and you know, getting it to him and he's pulling it down and doing the same thing? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, he he really takes care of vocals. Uh he doesn't like the recording aspect of it, but it's good for me because I love it. I have so much fun with it. But uh, yeah, I use a Logic Pro 9 at the moment with a duet by Apogee. Um, just, you know, a glue condenser microphone and just pl- plug straight into the computer basically. And he'll, he'll send over just a demo they record on his phone of the key that he wants it in and the speed and, you know, the form of the song. And we kind of talk about that. And then I just record a demo of that and then send that to him and then He'll send me his vocal tracks and I kind of piece it together on my end, add all the effects and master it and mix it. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. We haven't done any songs uh, in a couple months. Uh, I think the baby, uh, you know, put a little damper on that at the moment. But um, <laughs> but we, we, we kind of knock out songs as chunks, you know, like three or four at a time and take a few months break and kind of we'll, we'll be starting up here soon. We're due. Yeah, it's awesome. See, I, I use Adobe Audition, but you know, I've got a complete Audio Six that I plug into my mic and stuff. And like, I, I send 
a guy named Andy Parks and I, he's down in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. We do some stuff back and forth. We're getting started on an EP also. Cool. And uh, he's got, you know, massive amounts of talent. And so we're trying to figure out the juices there. Yeah. Uh, He's, he's extremely talented. I mean, to be honest, he plays keys and guitars and he he plays almost every instrument. He basically (laughs) composes it all. And then I'll do what your brother kind of does. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun, man. And so like, when I first yeah. thought about the possibilities of that was, I guess, you know, po- postal service. Right. Um, remember right. when they did it, I guess obviously they named their band after it, but like, I'm a huge fan of Jenny Lewis and, mm-hmm. and Jimmy and it's kind yeah. of a, and Ben Gibbard, obviously he's right. You know, awesome. But mo- mostly, I mean, I think Jenny's probably my favorite of that, but th- that duo that they did just sending it back and forth in the mail, it kind of was like a signal to everybody. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't together, but we made something huge happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were just stuck to it. We were persistent. We wanted it. We knew it was going to happen. We envisioned it. It was just a matter of working on it and getting it done. And I think that's like something that somebody can apply to any aspect of their life. Yeah. Even if it doesn't seem feasible because they're not, you know, anywhere near each other, it could still be done. So that was a- kind of a spark. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In this day and age, just anything seems possible. You know, it's great. <laughs> We live in a good time for, for art, for sure. Yeah. So out in Colorado, I wanted to talk to you about this because I think, you know, you've got a lot to say about it probably, but mm-hmm. simplifying like life, living the simple life. And you've indirectly kind of been an influence to me because I feel like you do live a pretty simple life out there. Uh, yeah. You're quiet. You've got your family and mm-hmm and you're in touch with reality, you know, you're real rooted. And I have a problem where I'm like really condensed with computers and, you know, trying to work, you know, podcasts and apps Mm -hmm. and websites and things like that. And then my whole day job where I'm selling chemicals, you know, during the day and I have to drive eight hours a day and, and I I feel Mm -hmm. like I just never get a break. So I've really taken it upon myself to try to simplify recently. So today I was out and we had, you know, a little talk about this in the pre-chat, but Mm -hmm. I went out and got, you know, some spring water from a mountain spring because obviously the, the tap water that comes through most cities has like over 200 pharmaceuticals in it. You don't really want to drink it. It's got (laughs) high fluoride contents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if you run it through a filter, it's removing the taste and the smell of the chlorine, but it's not removing the chlorine. Something funny that I learned was, you know, those Brita filters, Mm -hmm. they're actually made by Clorox. Oh Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Which is mm. funny, you know, because they're, you know, releasing the bleach and then giving you something to, to smell it out. Double whammy. But I, <laughs> I really like am, I'm trying to be a much better person by grounding myself, turning all the electronics off, getting outside, getting with nature. And I'm starting to see that it can be very healing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's something that we tend to get out of touch with, but it's extremely important, I think. Otherwise, we're going to sit behind computer screens and we're going to slowly die. And what kind of a life is that? I think the mm-hmm. life that we all need is probably outside being in touch. And so mm-hmm. how, like how important is that to you? I mean, just, just being rooted, being grounded, having your family, you know, the simple things in life and how does that kind of relate to keeping you happy and passionate with your music and, and all the other amazing things that you have fire to drive behind in life? Yeah. I and mean, it's very important. You know, I try and take a, take a moment each day to, you know, go outside, get some fresh air, take deep breaths, you know, breathing exercises, stretch, and just uh, take in the scenery. You know, I live in a beautiful little valley where I can see, you know, like five miles with no neighbors or anything. Um, You know, I really try and take that in and 
you know, I try and enjoy and live in the moment with everything that I do with music when I'm on stage, you know, I, uh, breathing was a important thing that I was taught by, uh, my guitar teacher too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, nature is, you know, why we're here essentially, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta take it in. Uh, it's, it's pretty hard to do with, you know, iPhones and everything that we have these days. My wife and I just got the new iPhone six and it's hard to, get off that but uh you know we we even talked about this morning we gotta do a better job of putting it down i think everyone in our generation struggles with that but you just uh have to make a point to do that in my opinion and uh it helps helps with your creativity and your just quality of life you know just happiness in general (laughs) yeah because like uh, you know just taking that trip out there today finding this stream in the mountain and by the way everyone uh, my mentor and coach Jacqueline Duplessis, which is episode 40, I interviewed her. You know, she travels the world and she works from her laptop and she's very in touch with reality. And she actually told me about this findaspring.com site where you can look up springs all over the place, uh, natural spring water. And, and if you don't understand, it is the purest form of water that you can drink. I mean, if you go buy bottled bottled, you know, purified water. It's just tap water because that's only grade that water needs to meet to be released in a Mm -hmm. bottle. Like that's all they have to meet as far as a quality standard. If you buy well water, you know, it's good, really good for you. Yes. But it's higher in minerals than what our body actually needs. And so when the earth has these springs and it actually finds its way and releases into where we can get it, it's kind of like the earth saying, Hey, you know, this is ready for you to drink. It is the perfect water for us to drink. And oh my gosh, like get on the site and check out a spring and go, go fill up some jugs. And, and I don't know, there's just something very satisfying about going out and not paying for your water, you know, and knowing that it's clean and that it's natural. And, and I don't know, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally I would love to live off my land entirely. You know, we, uh, we, we have, we have chickens, so we get free eggs constantly. Um, you know, we, Try and garden. That didn't really happen much this year. Um, your uh, your fiance. You, you guys are engaged, right? Uh, no, she's just. We're, we've been together for like a long time, but we're not engaged now. Okay, sorry, sorry. But um, she looks like quite the green thumb uh, from some <laughs> pictures I've seen. I'm very jealous of that. But yeah, we we had <laughs> an immaculate garden the last two years, and I don't know if it's just because of how amazing like the client is for farming here, right where we are in Lexington. But we actually built, you know, I went out there and built some raised beds Mm -hmm. and it's not a huge area. It's probably 15 by 20 feet or so, Mm -hmm. but it's enough to put in, you know, I think we had like 10 tomato plants that got to be like eight feet tall each. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, we did Brussels sprouts, man. They were like huge. Like we got all sorts of Brussels, like every type of herb you can imagine. Yeah. All sorts of peppers. I mean, I can go on and on with the stuff that we grew, but it is the most satisfying thing ever to be able to feed yourself. I mean, we probably spent 10% of what we normally would have at the store in a year where we didn't garden because we, we ate better. I mean, we were literally eating like mostly, you know, we buy fish at mm-hmm. the stores, but we weren't really eating any meat anywhere. We, we got farm eggs yeah, and we would eat out of the garden and eat these farm eggs. And then we'd eat, you know, fish cause her parents owned some fish restaurants <laughs> and oh my gosh, like the way, how healthy we felt. I mean, we ran, ran this year, like, I don't know, 200, 250 miles did 
did a half marathon for the first time a couple weeks ago, which was awesome. Wow. So, yeah. And I agree with you, man. Like the gardening thing is huge. How, yeah. Is it, is it just like a, a weather thing out there? You know, you kind of have a short season I know out there to try to grow them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We had an early frost this year, early September. A lot of people lost their crops. Um, a lot of corn crops died and just got froze over one night. It was very random, but yeah, the soil is tricky. Um, you know, if you, you can test it, you know, at different places. I, I know Colorado state here, you can just, they, they give you a free little cup. You just fill it with your soil and they'll tell you exactly what's in it and what you need to put in it. Um, you know, there's definitely very successful gardens around here. Um, you just need to know how to do it. I have never really been taught and neither has my wife. <laughs> so we kind of, we, we kind of just, you know, planted seeds and water it and hope for the best. And it hasn't really worked out too great the last couple of years, but We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. We got a long time, long ways to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, like with planting from seeds has worked really well for us with herbs, mm-hmm. like lemongrass and, uh, you know, mint and yeah. cilantro and oregano and, you know, majoram or however you pronounce that one. Which is majorum. Like, majorum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you throw a bunch of seeds down for that and it works great. Lettuce is also the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but I've, if you're going to do tomatoes, like the best is if you're going to start them from seeds, definitely start them inside and get mm-hmm. them to be where they're about a foot tall. And yeah. what you want to do with your tomatoes is you want to dig your hole like a foot deep and mm-hmm. you want to bury, like literally put that entire foot underground. And so only the top leaves are on the top because mm-hmm. that entire foot will root out and it'll become, it'll cause the plant to just explode. I mean, like, It'll mm. grow like 10 times faster if you do that. Wow. You bury the stem about a foot down. And another thing I do is I put, like I get a box of Tums and just drop a couple Tums in each hole with the roots because mm. it's calcium. And some old farmer lady told me that in Kentucky. And like the year before I tried to do it and I had all this blossom rotten stuff. And the soil out there is different than here, I know. But mm-hmm. um, once I did that, man, I never had one tomato rot after that ever. Like wow. doing it. It's pre- it's a pretty nifty little trick. Cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use both those tips next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the tomato <laughs> things, I'm not kidding. Like, I planted some with just the roots, and then I did some that were a foot. And I'm telling you, like, four feet difference at the end of oh. the year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we uh, we actually still have a few tomato plants um, that were kind of – like hosts, if you will, they were, we, we throw our chickens, you know, all our food scraps that, you know, fruit and vegetables that are starting to go bad and, you know, trimmings off, you know, carrots and melons and citrus and all that stuff. And we would just throw it into their coop. And, uh, I threw a whole bunch of grape tomatoes and like plum tomatoes, romas. And, uh, you know, after a month or so, I saw like 40, like little mini tomato plants coming up (laughs) (laughs) and they're, they're, coop is filled with their their uh, poop you know and it's like a foot of it is really really fertile fertile stuff and it was just taken off and we dug those up and we have like six plants they're all like four feet tall now oh um, yeah, man that's awesome because we we use horse manure and it helps a lot too like we have a compost so yeah we we the compost makes a huge difference as far as mixing it in in mm-hmm. the fall uh, last year we actually took the compost out in the early spring and mixed it in about a month before it was time to plant. And I think it like did even better than mixing it in the fall. Like they say you're supposed to. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we compost as well. We did it about a month before we planted this year, but we didn't, 
we put it, I, I built some raised beds also, or one raised bed, about four by eight. And uh, yeah, I put compost in it and got it all ready and we ended up not planting anything in it. So oh, no. <laughs> but next year, it's, it's still there. So it'll be uh, ready next year and composting again. So. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. Yeah, the four by, I did two four by eights and one like three by 12 or something. Oh, cool. And I line up all the herbs and lettuce and stuff on that big, long three by 12. And then the four by eights, obviously tomatoes and peppers and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Nice. Yeah, man. I love it. The green thumb gets me excited. We canned up like way more than enough to, to last us through the winter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. the goal. And so we can pretty much eat off ourselves year round and, and yeah. I just like we got our first frost last weekend and I must have picked off like 40 green peppers and I don't mm-hmm. know how many banana peppers and probably 50 uh, green tomatoes. So that's yeah. the last of it for the year. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, moving on. Such is life. Now it's time to fist pump and party. <laughs> cool, man. Cause a uh, lot of people out here say the winter is for uh, drinking, you know, oh, yeah. being depressed and pooping your pants, but. I, I think differently. Yeah, well, that's good. Good. Do do what makes you happy. If drinking and pooping your pants makes you happy, then I guess you should do that. <laughs> well, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't question the people around here, man. It's it's a very harsh reality. Yeah. So, what do you think the best part about music is to you? You know, what? Why? Why is it so important to you? What do you What do you think about it? Just drives you. Um, the feeling I get really, um, you know, and making other people, you know, trying to relay that feeling to other, to the audience and uh, make them feel good. You know, um, it's, you know, it's more powerful than like any drug out there. I think it's just like a super, super high that, that I get, I can just get it from listening to music. You know, that's another gift I think I was given is that I can just, you know, songs bring me to tears constantly and uh just recharge my batteries if you will uh it's just yeah it's just an amazing feeling i get from it and being able to actually create it you know is something else too and uh i i love going back and listening to any recording i've ever done and any song i've written you know just it takes me back and it you know it uh it also just gives me a great euphoric feeling (laughs) you know Oh, absolutely, man. And it's funny because I have had other musicians on and, and I think uh, Steve Nixon, which was episode 19, and he's mm-hmm. the guy who started freejazzlessons.com. He teaches jazz piano. Um, mm-hmm. Very bright guy and, and he had played on stage with like Buddy Guy, uh, J-Mo Johnson, B.B. King, and, and I guess mm-hmm. his goal was to play with Fish one day. Yeah. But... Um, he he said the same exact thing like what drives him is absolutely just the feeling that it, he is portraying through his music to the audience like that is the biggest high you could possibly have and, yeah yeah and, and i believe it you know because who it's the same thing with businesses like people love to see other people heal off what they're doing and and oh man it's beautiful like you guys did it for sure for us you had you had Lindsay and I sold, that's for sure. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we hope. You know, Casey Casey definitely has some some great energy, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the three of us together, 
you know, create create some special stuff. And, you know, we we have fun with it as best we can, and you know, just hope uh, you know the crowd always feels it. You know, <laughs> they yeah, can he, see it. He's a goofy bastard. Like I I remember <laughs> telling him afterwards, like, hey man, you have like I'm sure he gets that a lot, but I was like, you got a lot of Jack Black like influence. You can kind of tell, and he was like. <laughs> yeah, I love Jack Black, you know. And then, like, I was YouTubing some Casey Abrams videos, and there was just a video of him and Jack Black. I was like, oh, he didn't even say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he knows him fairly well. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. So, like, they had some pretty funny videos on there too. I can't remember. He was like acting like he was like a homeless guy in a bar. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. In the porch sessions and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's the. Stuff. Uh, that was the intro to his music video for Get Out, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack Black's always been one of my favorites, so. Oh, yeah. It's hard not to like him. I've, I've watched, I watched uh, School of Rock and Shallow Hal within the last week. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I haven't seen Shallow Hal in forever. Hey, me neither. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great watch. It's very, I was telling my wife, it was a very sweet story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I never really thought of it that way. I thought it was a pretty corny movie, but yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another way to look at it. I would have, I would have thought the other way, but yeah, being a pretty sweet, pretty sweet story. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor, if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, who who do you think it would be, and what do you think you would create? Oh shoot, man. Um, that's that's a really hard question to answer because I feel like you know the people that you think you would work best with, you know, you can't work with them at all sometimes, <laughs> you know, and other people just surprise you. That's so true. You know, so you never really know. I mean, uh, honestly, Casey and Jacob are you know probably the best musicians I've ever met, and I'm very grateful to play with them. Uh, it's pretty surreal what I've done with them and. Uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that enough. I mean, going back, uh, I guess the Beatles. I would, you know, if I could hang with them in the studio, you know, during the middle of their career, '66 or so, '67, like that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> could you imagine? Uh, no, no, I can't. But It'd probably yeah. just be like finger dipping. You probably putting your whole palm in like a bin of acid, <laughs> and then you would just end up here today. Hey man, they they could they could do anything they wanted to me. I'd be totally fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been quite the ride, that's for sure. I I just read um, Sam Cutler's autobiography. Who's that? And he was the manager for the Rolling Stones oh. uh, when they were in you know kind of their it was an earlier stage. I can't remember the exact years, mm-hmm. um, but he was with them when they did their first American tour. Yeah, and there was like, dude, it's it's an awesome, awesome book. I got to meet him at a Dark Star Orchestra festival out here, which was kind of a Grateful Dead cover mm-hmm. band festival. Mm-hmm. And he was there, and because he when he left the Rolling Stones, it was like this, like the craziest thing ever. With the mafia was involved with the Rolling Stones, like the story is insane. <laughs> and um, it's called "You Can't Always Get What You Want." If you check that book out, or I can mail you my copy if you want to read it, as long as you send it back. But uh, a- afterwards cool. he moved into like he was all bummed like he he had to end up parting ways with the Rolling Stones they kind of screwed him over like a lot yeah and he ended up like just staying at Jerry Garcia's barn for a little bit you know sleeping in the hay bins and stuff and 
Uh-huh. And he was like, they just got to talking and, and he eventually became the Grateful Dead manager from there on out, which is pretty crazy. Hmm. And he talks about like this, this time where they were all on the train going through Canada, which is I'm pretty sure it has to be when he wrote, you know, that song. You know, Casey, I, Casey Jones. Yeah. Casey Jones. And, and they're, they go like all through Canada and it's like Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, like all of them are on the same train. Yeah. And like all these musicians and they're playing like these, you know, power shows at I guess they're somewhat like an arena back then. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like the craziest story ever. And I don't I don't remember what you were talking about that got me off on that tangent, but um <laughs> I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been the acid and the Beatles thing, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Whatever. Whatever it was, check out that book. <laughs> I got, I got it, I got it written down. I got that free jazz lessons and find a spring.com. got that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And all that will be in the show notes as well on rcnow.com forward slash Taylor Tesler, which is, let me make sure I got this episode right here. Episode 54. So rcnow.com forward slash 54 as well. And you can get all that. You are not going to get any information about dipping your face in massive quantities of acid and hanging out with the Beatles, but I can live in your imagination for sure. All right. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> so Taylor, if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big, ugly, crazy bastard? <laughs> I was, I was uh, afraid you were going to ask me this question. I'd heard this on Jacob's interview. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't remember what his was, his answer, but uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I would envision myself kind of Rambo-esque, uh, you know, Terminator. Just have, like, guitars, like 30 guitars strapped on my back. And uh, <laughs> I, I used to play baseball, so I'd probably throw some up and, like, hit him in the eye. And then smash him in the shin, make him fall over a little bit. And then... Yeah, uh, you gotta get violent. Yeah, yeah. I'd use some of my real hard, solid, uh, solid guitars. Smack him in the face a few times. And then... Uh, I would uh, put him in a trance with some music and then uh, choke him to death with some guitar strings. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for a second there you were going to say you would like fadunk him or uh, what's that? Fadunk? What is that? You know, when you like, you know, beat your wiener on his forehead while he's asleep. <laughs> you a mush, mushroom stamp. <laughs> yeah, a mushroom stamp. That's a good one too. <laughs> I was trying, the, oh, the tea, the tea bag is like the ball. Yeah, so that was yeah, like, you dip dip the balls. Yeah. The mush is a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, let's hope that never happens. But <laughs> that'd be hilarious to put that on the show notes to defeat Godzilla with his talents. He would mushroom stamp his forehead while he sleeps and dip his balls in his mouth. I, I think I would I would crush him if I mushroom stamped him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Did, did I tell you about that talent? That'll be for another episode. <laughs> That's what happens when you have a dad dick now. <laughs> what? That's what happens when you graduate, you know? Dad you the, dick. If you get if you bring the baby into the world and your dick just automatically gets like ten times as big and you can crush whatever you want. So Oh, that's true. That's true. That's some incentive for all y'all if you don't have kids. Yeah. It's, it's a true story. True story. Try it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey man it's been a lot of fun before we before yeah, we call it quits uh do you have any favorite 
advice that you'd like to give our listeners or do you have any favorite like resources or musical tools that you use that you think they could find value in? Um, that's a, a good question. Uh, as far as advice, you know, being the yes man or woman in whoever's case, you know, is very important. Uh, make yourself available as much as you can. Um, hard work always pays off. That, I, that's never not happened for me in my life. Um, resources uh shoot i mean with you know twitter and instagram and everything you can pretty much facebook you can get in touch with any artist that you want today <laughs> pretty much if you really wanted to you know put your mind to something you can you can do anything um but just do <laughs> do do what you love you know i played uh i just play music constantly and it just kind of happened that i made a career of it and just because i put it out there to the universe and just play it as much as I could. Yeah. I mean, think about how different it would be if, if you had just kind of been introvert, you know, and not said anything and not tried to play and just were like, Hey, do you want a beer? And just watched him diddle around instead of joining, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta overcome your fears for sure. And kind of, you know, not, you know, overcome your nervous, your nerves. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, what's the worst is going to happen. You know, they tell you no, and then what's what any? How different is that from the point you were in before? Yeah, you, know I mean, you I mean? could you could get a mushroom stamped. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you think I should answer? You think I should name this episode "Mushroom Stamped"? Mushroom stamped with Taylor <laughs> Tesler. Uh, it's got a nice ring to it. Uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna entirely oppose that. <laughs> that'll uh, that'll attract to, some people. How to slay the guitar and mushroom stamp? <laughs> and mushroom stamping yeah <laughs> i'm gonna do it <laughs> and go for it man. how to slay the guitar and mushroom stamp with taylor tesler on <laughs> the entrepreneur now episode 54 i like it all right let's do it <laughs> perfect tip of advice man and no pun intended on the tip word right and um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, dude. It's been so awesome. Like, definitely pumped up. I'm glad that we were able to connect. Let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Any of that music, if you get done with it and you want to have some ears uh, laid on it, I know obviously you probably have quite an entourage of people that are willing to help you out with that, but do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing. And and do you have a way that our listeners can find you or get in contact with you? Uh, I would say at this point, Facebook would be the best best option. It's Taylor Tesler. Um, I kind of post, tend to post some stuff on there. I've been kind of quiet lately, but, and everything goes in waves, ups and downs, you know? So, um, yeah. And I will link that on the show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, that'd be the best way I would think. Cool, man. Well, ramalama ding dong. Yeah. Another episode in the books. Yeah. Let me hear one more of those. Let me hear that again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 absolutely man yeah <laughs> sounded gonna, like scott stapp right there yeah, I was, I was, that's what i was trying for i was, yeah, I was yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just give me some heroin get me lane staley and yeah. kurt cobain and and you know yeah anybody from the the seattle grunge era and just let me sit there you know with eddie vetter and, and make sounds all day i bet that would be a blast yeah, it can be done, Heath. Put it out there to the universe. Yes. All you right. may, you can mushroom stamp Eddie Vedder. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
All right, we're up. Vision, putting it on my vision board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to stand just the dick right next to Eddie Vedder's face. <laughs> All right, man. Once again, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll try yeah. to get some links to some of the stuff that you jammed on on the show as well. If you want cool. to send that over to me, I know you had linked me to a website before uh, with mm-hmm. another guy's band that you had been playing in, which was awesome stuff too. So ring a ling a ding dong. Cool, and, man. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for being the Archerpreneur now. And no. always remember to keep it funky, man. <laughs> no problem, man. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archerpreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.